Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome back to Angel on Top, a podcast where we watch and discuss every episode of Angel, one by one, spoiler-free, and in tandem with that damn dirty buffering the vampire slayer. I'm your co-host, Latoya Ferguson, a.k.a. the Cordelia Chase of the buffering verse, a.k.a. Bones, a.k.a. one half of the gun squad, pow pow, a.k.a. Theodore K. Mullins, a.k.a. Gilly, a.k.a. Lover of long-winded bits. And I'm your co-host, Morgan Ludich, a.k.a. the Winifred Burkle of the Buffering Verse, a.k.a. also Bones, a.k.a. the other half of the Gun Squad, Bang Bang, a.k.a. Frank Scabopolis, a.k.a. Sorry, and a.k.a. also a lover of long-winded bits. And this week, we're watching Angel Season 3, Episode 16, Sleep Tight. Sleep Tight was written by Angel co-creator David Greenwalt and directed by Terrence O'Hara. It aired on the WB on March 4th, 2002. And this is the one where Wes fails very hard in his desire to do the right thing and both protect Connor and remain friends with Angel. Previously on Angel. Check him out. He's Mr. Dad. <laughs> Lila's got the blood of Angel's son. Sasha needs the blood of Angel's son. Things have been slow since Cordy and Gru went on vacation. I mean, they've been all slow all season, but okay. <laughs> Wes is all holed up with his books and his prophecies. The Jolly Burger tells Wes of the signs. Lila says the, the plan's already started. And the signs are earthquake, fire, blood. Just just right there to get your stomach just, like, clenched in the, the knot that it will be in for the next 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we open being reminded, the father will kill the son. We, we truly do. And uh, we see Connor, like, crying in his bassinet. An angel comes in and he says, don't you know what you're supposed to do? And we have the, like, foreboding moment of this. Is this another one of Wes's deeply unpleasant dreams? <laughs> no, it's not. He's like, you're supposed to pick them up when they fuss. And we see that Connor is in a cute little set of overalls, uh, <laughs> which melted me. <laughs> We see that Angel is gulping a big old glass of blood. Good God, when we get to that part, I'm going to have words because I didn't remember it and I was so horrified, let me tell you. Yep. That's why I kept hitting it hard, baby. Yeah, you were right too. Good God. Um, He's like, ah, Wes, you look like hell and like not the fun kind, like the Nixon and Britney Spears hell. And I'm like, this is where we should have known something was off. Britney Uh, Spears... How dare you? Blast Yeah. Me. My note is a 2002 Britney Spears joke. How apt. And I also have, um, I think we should play the patriarchy jingle right here, obviously. Absolutely. That's some patriarchal bullshit. The 
No, Britney Spears is as bad as that criminal Richard Nixon. Yeah, uh, one of these things is not like the other. That is not, they are not analogous. Um, so I would get much more angry at Angel were he not under the influence of human blood. So I guess I'll also, let it slide. Maybe Angel knows something about Britney Spears. What does he know? <laughs> when did he know? What does he know? When did he know? <laughs> All right, so now we're going to do like a serial-esque podcast to figure out what Angel knew about Britney Spears. Uh, so Wes is like, hey, you seem chipper. And Angel's like, yeah, I don't know if it was the earthquake or whatever, but I didn't sleep and I'm full of energy. I could drink a horse. Gulp. <laughs> gulp, gulp, gulp. Um, they don't have insurance on the hotel, apparently, which what did, what did David do with all these fake documents? I don't know. I feel like David would have gotten them insurance. Maybe... I don't, I don't know what the reasoning would be to not get them insurance. And I don't know why we haven't seen David in a while. I miss him. <laughs> We're the only Angel podcast that's always like, where's David? What's David <laughs> up to? He's just so sweet. Um, I love when Cordy considers marrying David. And I'm like, yeah, get that money, girl. <laughs> Do it. Um, so then we hear some singing outside and we realize in the courtyard, Lauren has a client. He is listening to her sing. She's playing the guitar. She seems, she's good. And is this also, I didn't check. I needed to. The first time Wes has called him Lauren and not the host. Cause we've been, they, they took a long time to stop calling him the host in the season. As we know. Fucking finally. Like maybe, maybe Wes is just so, so awfully formal with everybody. Maybe we're just missing when he was constantly like calling Gunn like Mr. Charles Gunn and Miss Winifred Burkle. <laughs> that would be a great bit for Wesley. I would love to see that. Would love, would love. Mr. Geraldo so- Angel. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so, like, Angel takes uh, Connor out to watch the singing lady, and uh, he, like, he starts fussing, so he takes him around the hotel. He shows him some swords to get him to calm down, which, all right. And then he's like, oh, shit, we gotta baby-proof this place. Oh, Angel. Yeah, there are weapons everywhere. Well, I guess they're not gonna need to do that now. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Morgan, already. I want to die. Um, Meanwhile, uh, something cute happens, and it's that uh, Gunn and Fred are on the phone together and, like, talking as they walk up to each other. Good Lord. (laughs) Yes, it's uh, very cute. But I I also wanted to talk real quick about um, Angel telling Connor that Uncle Wes loves you. He's just English. (laughs) Yes, I love that very much. Because that's why that's why they think Wes is acting weird. It's just because he's British. That's what they think is happening here. He's yeah, you know how the British don't sleep and they look like shit. <laughs> they just and stare they, at babies. They seem like they're under the weight of the world. <laughs> they stare at babies like they think someone's gonna murder you soon. Oh God, that's so so fearful. The British. Um, <laughs> Yeah, deeply silly. Uh, Gunn and Fred have a California versus Texas talk. uh, And Gunn is, of course, right. 
I fully agree with Gunn. Uh, California forever, baby. Um, Fred's hair is down in this episode. And I would like to note that because she's been in like pigtails and like buns and braids and a lot of this. And she looks so pretty. Um, I, Amy Acker, looking beautiful in this app. I just wanted to to shout out. It's not fuck watch time, Morgan. Jeez. But, you know, it's important to seed information so that the fuck watch movie feels earned and exciting. Well, you know what? Gunn is also right that Texas hates the black man. Uh, Fred disagrees, and I and she says, "Well, most of Texas doesn't hate the black man." <laughs> Angel's like, like showing off the baby to Wes, and is like, "He likes you." And Wes just goes, "I like him." <laughs> I think about that that line delivery. I like him too so often because it's the line delivery of someone who's going to kidnap a baby. Yeah, truly the most awkward, self conscious kidnapping ever to happen. I, poor Wes. Poor. I'll say it once. I'll say it a million times in this episode. Wes, buddy, my dude, you are going through it, and for that, I am sorry. But be different. <laughs> be different. Uh, but yeah, um, Lauren interrupts because he asks um, the, the crew to come see his friend Kim. He's like, what's mm-hmm. happening? The one who's singing. So she's singing. She's singing. It's so lovely, right? Yeah. And then it's not lovely. <laughs> no love, no life left. No you. Uh, I'll have your eyeballs out and rip your children in two. <laughs> And it's uh, also another sign something is up with Angel, who, of course, you know, because of the guzzling, because everyone's freaked out. Angel's not, like, he's not reacting to it. Like, it's, it's, he's so chill. Even when she says the part about ripping your children into, dude. He's like, cool. Like, uh, what's for lunch? Like, yeah, uh, Angel is uh, being very wild uh in this episode we we come back to the hyperion lobby and um angel is so hyped he calls gun g oh god oh god he calls i write i write down my notes which makes me long for death (laughs) i mean he calls him g after gun takes a shot at once more with feeling the feud (laughs) is on baby gun says yeah who needs more doctors in the world when you could have singing demons Uh-uh. I love that so much. Yeah, Lauren's like, oh, yeah, she was gonna- wasting her life being a doctor when she could have been a singer. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, Gun. Um, so Kim explains that she joined this new band that recently got really weird. <laughs> then uh, Wes and Fred deduce that what's going on with her, like they have their microscope and they analyzed her puke. And they're like, it looks like it's a demonic infection, which is curable, and they, you know, are going to put her on a magical antibiotic, which is nice to know. I, I like, I like all of that stuff. Like, I love when they um, take that girl's uh, eye on the back of the head away, which is the girl from the originals. Like, I like, I like when there's like the little solvable, like magical occurrences that are little, little ailments. Little I would love ailments. a, would love a magical doctor show. <laughs> what would it be called, Morgan? Um, uh, uh, Dr. Kazam, D- uh, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Abracadabra, uh, Dr. Spell. Dr. Kadabra. Dr. Kadabra. Okay, let us write it. Let us write it. Anyone listening to this, you don't own Dr. Kadabra. We do. We wrote it down and mailed it to ourselves. <laughs> so Dr. Kadabra, we're doing, um, Brim Johansson at Detective. We're doing... 100%. Uh, and Wes's, um, uh, the story about young Wes and his pregnant friend that he helps out. <laughs> and so Gunn asks, like, why would the demons want to look like musicians? And you know what? 
Angel's right. It is for the chicks, as we later see. But I do not like it. I wrote down, it's like saying chicks, whomst? Like, I did not care for that. Uh, Fred is like, well, before we barge in, should we maybe call like Cordy and Gru, get them to come back for backup? And Angel's like, no, like, no, it's it's not a big deal. Like, just a couple demons. Like, we're going to handle this ourselves. And he is deeply gung-ho about this fight in a way that we don't usually see him to be. Well, speaking of gung-ho... Let's go to the fighty mansion, shall we? Yay. Yeah, Justine's training. She's kicking ass. She's lecturing everyone. Never trust she, a vampire. Whole she's ADRing all over the place. She ADRing every which way but loose. Uh, Holtz is drinking tea out of a styrofoam cup, which he calls a cotton cup, and says he doesn't like it. With his freaking leather jacket. Like, he's dressing like, like Angel. I, I called it out last time, but, like, he's he's dressing like Angel. It looks so ridiculous, the, the leather jacket. To catch your prey, sometimes you have to become them. Oh, God. So Justine kind of voices, for the first time ever, like, some concern about, like, killing human beings and, like, killing Team Which Angel. came out of nowhere because she had no problem with it in loyalty. Like, letting Gun and Fred die, she had no problem with it. Yeah, it's very, that feels very odd, but whatever. Holtz I guess because like, it would, would have been the vampires that killed them and not them specifically. Yeah, I guess maybe that is uh, an important distinction to her. Um, Holtz is like, look, people who help, like there are people, there are people, and then there are people who help vampires. He says like, that's a whole other kettle of fish. <laughs> and Justine's like, okay, like I can justify that, like, and calls uh, Team Angel enemy soldiers. Yeah, they're really hammering home the soldier thing because Holt is a soldier person, but like considering these guys are all duds, honestly, like yeah. they never so- seem like an army or soldiers. <laughs> like the, the cult thing was always the thing. And it's when she's questioning him, this is where Holt brings out like a knife. Like he is about to stab her for rebelling. Uh, but I mean, then I mean, but was he, or was he just going to cut his apple? <laughs> Could, because here's the thing, actually. It also mm. says from the script um, oh, yeah. that the, the knife is visible to uh, from wherever Wes will appear. So Wes will see that, and then that will also put in his head that Holtz is not to be trusted for on Justine's hat, perhaps. So maybe he wasn't going to kill her. Mm. But then again, yeah. he does leave her <laughs> behind. <laughs> Yeah, we're having our cake and we're eating it too in that way, which I think is which I think is cool and I think is is good. And I appreciate again, Wes is truly such a nice guy for like giving a fuck about Justine who like couldn't be me. I'd be like, let her let whatever happens to her happens to her. Chips fall where they may, but <laughs> if she dies, she dies. <laughs> if she dies, she dies. But uh Wes is a is a, a better person than me, I yes. guess. Wes is a good person, which is the problem. <laughs> so he shows up and Holtz is like, look, like, you're going through it. I feel you. Like, I am uh, sympathetic to you, unlike my friend Justine here. And I'm like, okay, snaps for you. Don't get a cookie. Like, I hate you. I kind of feel like I'm infantilizing Justine when I just talk about her, like, coming from the kids' table. But at mm-hmm. the same time, that's what Holtz does. He undercuts her every single turn whenever she speaks to Wesley. Like... When she's like, what the hell do you want? Don't be rude, Justine. Or when later when Wes is asking about, you know, who she lost, and she's like, I don't want to tell you. And then Holt says it for her. Like, he treats her like a child. 
he treats her like a child and she acts very childishly. Like I, I, I will back you up and say, I don't think you're infantilizing Justine. I think Justine is a very like immature and rash person and like as a character. Um, and I mean, I know you and I don't feel like this is a particularly well-drawn character or not really a great performance, but like, I think that's definitely baked into who this character is. Like Holtz is constantly speaking for her and like it it seems like this big like slow motion tragedy where he's about to just like dick her over and this can't end well for her and he's just drawing her into his web and ruining her life along with his nonsense um it really sucks like in i think with a more successful version of this we would feel really bad for justine Mm -hmm. and we would want wes to do what he does and sticking up for her and then feel very like heartbroken and betrayed when she does what she does but instead i just was like get away like when when (laughs) when the time came i was just screaming at wes i was like run run wes don't trust this bitch like uh, so you know different strokes different folks (laughs) Also, you know, now that they're talking a lot about them being soldiers and stuff, I know I said, put Riley Finn in this uh, cult. I'm going to say also, considering it's a grief cult, put Jeffrey Dean Morgan in this cult. Yes, that would have been great. Again, like if he'd like picked up more people. Yeah, that again, if if this had been Angel Rogue's gallery come back, like I think that would have ruled and felt really poignant and felt like... Like, that would have tied in so much to the story it feels like they're trying to tell about Mm -hmm. how, like, even if you change, it doesn't undo your past. It still matters when you did bad things. And there is, there's no atoning. There's just being better and being different and committing to being better and being different. And you can't, like, you just can't undo the past. And that would have been cool with a bunch of people from the past. But with only Holtz, I feel like, that kind of like dampens it a little bit. Like it, it's not as strong for me. Obviously, Holtz is a pretty good cult leader, as we see. Mm-hmm. People want want to fight for him, and you know the military thing again makes sense why Riley Finn would, for example, fall mm-hmm. into his trap or whatever. Like I enjoy a lot of the story for what it is, but I, like I just see how much better it could be. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just not quite as good as it could be. But there's still a lot of that said, there's still a lot of great stuff around it and in it. And there are parts of it that are very successful that I think are great. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, our our next scene is in Echo Park at our rehearsal space. Um, the demon band's playing. They got their chicks surrounding them. And uh, Angel uh, Gun smashes a trash can into the window and barges in. Angel shows up under a blanket. <laughs> yes. So Which good. I, I did not notice until my second watch, and I was like, what a little dweeb. <laughs> it's the, so funny. These guys are so like, whoa, Mondo Bummer. Like, uh, like are you guys the A&R guys? Like, I um, <laughs> thought their vibe was very funny. I really liked their, all the effects, where it's the idea that, like, they started off human and then like the demon aspects of them just started like poking out. Uh, so I like their kind of like half human, half demon looks. Um, one of the guys calls Fred baby though. And then like says he's got like the first ride on her. So they must die. Yeah. Um, and they they do. Angel kicks ass so hard. He ripped one of their arms off. So 
yeah um and fred and gunn are like uh, 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 and Angel's like, that was fun. This is not my, my beautiful vampire boss. This is not, not the, the sad broody boy that I know. I don't like, like it. I love you guys, but if Courtney were here, she would have called this out sooner. Yeah, she, uh, she absolutely would have. Um, and I guess everybody she, is just a little too wrapped up in their own thing. She would have asked if this is another body swap. <laughs> Are you an old man again? <laughs> And he'd be like, I'm an old man always. <laughs> She'd be like, God, good point. <laughs> so then uh, back at the fighty manor, uh, Wes is like, hey, look, I just don't want anybody to get hurt. And Holtz is like, me neither. I'm nice, too. And he says, and, and jealous is much more violent than me. And Wes is like, Angel. His name is Angel. And um, that distinction does not matter at all to Justine and Holtz. Like, the soul doesn't mean shit. They do not care. And this is the moment where Wes, like, can tell that Justine lost someone and asks who it was. Her twin sister, Julia, was murdered by vampires. You lost family. I'm sorry. Angel and the people I work with are my family. And when I say I don't want to see anyone get hurt, I mostly mean them. And Holtz is like, hmm, okay. Like, not not phased at all by him having Justine, you know, like, by the throat with a knife. Like, uh, Justine, t- take your hint, girl. But that's also foreshadowing because she gets him back for that one. Mm-hmm. Piece of shit. Holtz is like, I, you're an honest man. Me too. And Wes is like, uh, no, you're fucking not. Maybe and, you once were, but not anymore, dude. Yeah. And Holtz is like, look, I'm not the problem. Angel maybe about being about to kill his son is the problem. And if you don't do something about that, I will. So he gives him a day to do what's right. I gotta say, I am kind of disappointed in the whole stuff right now because of, you would think by this point there'd be even a slight introspection on his part about the loss of his soul, like maybe a reevaluation. Because we've talked about this like early in the story, but like here, it's like not there at all. Even real people who even are pretty single-minded have moments of introspection and and shading and or like things they do that don't fully line up or make sense. Like, Holtz feels very much all one thing. I think that the story is dealing in enough, like, cool, complicated territories that it could stand to have a villain that has more going on. Mm-hmm. And, it, like, Justine maybe should be the character who brings it out of him. But like I said, like, she doesn't... It's like when he and Wes are having their conversations and then she chimes in, it's just like... you're. It's like, again, coming from the kids' table. It's just there's not a level of gravitas coming from her that allows to bring out the introspection on his part, you know? Yeah, I fully agree. And like you said, he's always shutting her down. So it we don't see anybody like validate her point of view, which I feel like kind of feels like the show not really lending much credence to the ideas that she's bringing up. And like, I mean, in an ideal world, she'd be adding some nuance and there could be like some conflict in between the two of them about what good there is to be done and like, you know, it can this be more than just revenge and things like that. But it's just kind of not there. And I mean, I guess I, I there's no I mean, I, I like the amount of time we spend with Team Angel and I'd rather be with them because I do think um, 
I was really worried early on when I didn't really respond to both Holtz and Justine that they were going to be this like huge part of the season. Mm-hmm. But I do think that them being pretty simple has allowed their story to be pretty slight and has allowed us to just spend more time with our heroes. And honestly, I've been fine with that because I'd rather <laughs> hang out with our buddies. <laughs> yes, of course. Speaking of our buddies, Lauren's telling Connor a story about the Rat Pack with stuffed animals. So cute. So cute. So cute. Connor's giggling. He likes it. Um, Angel, Gun, and Fred return, and Angel goes right for the blood. Mm-hmm. Uh. Doesn't even check on Connor. In, in fact, he's snippy about uh, Connor crying. Yeah, Lauren's like, hey, I think he needs some Papa love. And Angel's like, he needs a lot right now. What he needs is to grow up. Everybody, I draw the eye emoji in my notes because everybody's <laughs> like, ooh, ooh, ooh. like, nobody likes this. It's deeply uncomfortable. I write in my notes, Angel yells, shut up at a baby. Nope, don't like it. Don't care for it. Don't Fred's like, what the fuck? He's just a baby. And to which Angel says, he's not going to be a baby for long if he doesn't shut up. I am unwell. He then throws a glass against the wall and I'm like, who are you, Klaus Michelson? Like, this is this is such uncharacteristic behavior and it's so jarring and it's so upsetting. Fred takes Connor, gun steps up with the crossbow and they're like, what the fuck? And that's when Angel has like finally has his own wake-up call and says to himself, like, what's wrong with me? And you did not remember at all what the reason was. No, and I I was so absolutely horrified. So we pick up, Angel's like, something's not right. And Lauren's like, yeah, you've been drinking a lot of blood. And he's like, yeah, this newest batch of pig's blood, it came from the same butcher, but it's a lot tastier than it usually is. And so they they kind of are like, okay, well, it was really weird that you, like, got really jacked up for that fight, and then you kind of crashed. And Fred's like, yeah, like, my Aunt Viola and her southern comfort. Angel kind of, like, is defensive, which I appreciate when he's like, I'm not, like, vampire, need to drink something red, doesn't mean I'm a bloodaholic. To which I just say, usually I do this at the end of the episode, but I think we need to do it now. We need an intervention uh, with possible bloodaholic Angel. Um, with a certain WB episode. <gasps> Hit it, bitch. Angel is a vampire. Does he even like TV? I think he'll like the WB. <laughs> they got that hot teen drama to ease the pain and trauma. And here's the episode that he needs to see. The episode I've chosen for Angel at this very moment, just in case, because you you don't want to believe you're a bloodaholic, but sometimes you are. Nobody does. Is the Seventh Heaven episode, season one, episode 10, the last call for Aunt Julie. <laughs> if I may read the, the summary of the episode. I when beg Eric's of you. sister, Julie, spends Thanksgiving with the Camden family, they discover that she has a serious drinking problem. To the point where, because little Simon won't give her the key to the liquor cabinet, she throws him on the couch. She chucks that blonde boy. (laughs) And Angel, you're telling your baby to shut up. You're throwing glasses like you're Klaus Michelson. 
you could be a bloodaholic. It's a possibility. Don't shut that down. <laughs> Look at Aunt Julie. Of course, the of course the alcoholic on Seventh Heaven is Aunt Julie. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's ever been more on brand ever. <laughs> okay, now we can return to the episode proper. <laughs> They got that hot teen drama to ease the pain and trauma. And here's the episode that he needs to see. So we go to Wes. He's he's walking home. He sees a father and son and gets sad. Uh, then he clowns on Justine for being so bad at following him. She's so bad at following him. And she's like, I just want to talk alone. So then Wes says. Holtz talks about justice and it's stirring, but what he wants is revenge. He's driven by it, blinded by it. And if you, me, or anybody else gets in his way, he'll kill for it. Elegantly laid out. Justine is like, you're wrong. He's nice, actually. (laughs) He's done a lot for me, for all of us. What the fuck has he done for all of you, really? Like, I see him interact with you. Does he know anyone else's names? He knows, he learned Aubrey's name last week. (laughs) Because she's like, I have a presentation. (laughs) And he was like, which one is this again, Justine? (laughs) But he doesn't know, like, who, who, all these randos... All these men wearing sweaters and fighting vampires. Yeah, none of I don't think any of them have names, though, to be fair. Um, <laughs> so I love uh, Wes's response to, like, Justine saying he's actually good. He says, it sounds like a nice cult. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I wrote that in all caps in my notes and drew hearts around it. Um, Wes is done. He has had enough. And I write in my notes also, hello, Wes. Are you free on Thursday? Because I am also <laughs> free on Thursday. He is not because he has a uh, baby kidnapping to do. <laughs> right. Oops, well, look, I'll make time whenever he's free. (laughs) Yeah, she calls him blind, saying that it's easier for him to hate Holtz than himself because, you know, he's going to betray his friend. And was like, fuck off. It turns out Holtz was following Justine and she couldn't tell because she's super bad at this. I do want to briefly go back when she's like, you're blind because you hate Holtz so much. And Wes is like, bitch, I got enough hate in my heart for both of us. <laughs> like, essentially, he's like, I hate us both. Bye. <laughs> just this poor, poor self-loathing man just really going through it. And I feel very bad for him. And I usually don't have a lot of patience for men who are, like, sad and angsty, being just, like, navel-gazy and sad and making tough decisions and talking like this. But Wes is, he's in a pickle, and I really do feel for him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you could think he's not talking like this. Yes, he's talking like this. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a nice cult. (laughs) Okay, Cruella. (laughs) So, yeah, Holtz is there. He followed her. Creepy, huh? She's bad at following. She's bad at realizing she's being followed. Justine. What is she good at? Getting beat up for schemes. (laughs) (laughs) Getting beaten up even when it's not a scheme, too, honestly. Truly. Wearing very clompy boots. Uh, Clumpy. 
so I feel you can that's why she's bad at following is you can hear those chunky boots from a mile away. Clomp, clomp, clomp. <laughs> so our next scene takes place at the Hyperion lobby. Latoya, how were you doing when Angel was scared to hold his own son? Not well. He loves his son. No, he doesn't want to hold his son because he's scared. No. I was fucking losing my shit. So this is where we reveal that there are traces of Connor's blood in the pig's blood that Angel got. And Angel knows this and it confirms this because lately Connor has smelled like food. So watch this with Michael for the first time. And he yelled... I yelled, neither of us could believe something so fucked up was happening. This is horrifying. Like, even for Wolfram and Hart, this is like one of the most vicious things I've seen in something in a minute. Admirable writing in terms of thinking of fucked up shit to do. I mean, I guess technically it wasn't even Wolfram and Hart because it's Sajan's plan that mm-hmm. Lila went with because Wolfram yeah. and Hart was just testing the blood. Dang, you gotta be, uh, no pun intended, uh, cold blooded to uh, to do that. You gotta really um, want to be ruthless and awful because feeding someone their own child is um, absolutely disgusting. <laughs> It's um uh, kind of interesting though that uh, while Sasha's been talking about you know how Angel's his nemesis and everything and he he brought holds back to kill him, mm-hmm. his focus seems to have been on killing Connor in this episode. Hmm, so weird. Hmm, hmm. So weird. Hmm. Wonder what that's all about. <laughs> I do. So Lord is like, okay, they wanted you to get the taste for it, and Fred's like, who's they though? Cut to. Lila is in a halter top. She's looking good with a T. Right in my notes, all caps, Lila in a halter top, drinking scotch, drool. <laughs> I, that, that I wrote any other note in this scene is remarkable because, good God, she looks great. She's doing little cat sounds in the mirror at herself. Well, actually, at Angel. Mm -hmm. A woman on the edge. She like senses Angel behind her, even though she can't see him. And she's like, we're getting too close. This is gross. (laughs) I love it. Angel, he's there to do threats. Um, And he's like, you know, with blood transfusions, I could keep you alive indefinitely. Like dot, 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 the unsaid, while I torture you. And he, he tells her like just to cut the shit and talk to him like a person for once. Yes, which is great. Like, it's cool to see them, like, sit down and really have to, like, fully have it out. Um, Lila kind of says, like, look, I do what I have to do. And, like, and I do it every fucking day when I put on my game face. Angel is seething so hard in this scene. Uh, Like, David Boreanaz is really uh, bringing it. Angel says... Think about a game face, Lila. You wear it long enough, it stops being something you can put on and take off. Wow. We've spent so much time and money on you. You're so pivotal to the coming cataclysms that I sometimes forget how dense you can be. The game face, the one I worked so hard to get, I became that years ago. I 
love Lila in the scene so much. I love the way she mocks him, where she's like, I'm not one of your helpless that you, like, can help. Like, I'm fine. I am clear-eyed, and I know what I'm doing, and I'm fine with the path that I'm on. So, like, back off. We are enemies. Yeah, she even brings up her mom, too, uh, during all this, like we were talking about uh, last episode. Yeah, which I thought was interesting. Like, it that she even tries to justify it a little bit i do think tells you just how much she's kind of wavering she has that line where she was like i was feeling a little all like what's it about but i'm glad you came here and like clarified for me that i'm on the right fucking path and um i've been very interested in her like in her morality this season it's been a good season for for lila because you know we had Lindsay's back and forth thing and um I'm preferring Lila's. I, I, she's just so goddamn cool. You know who doesn't like it? Sajan, <laughs> who thinks she's double crossing him because he couldn't hear what they were saying. Fucking threes company ass bullshit. <laughs> Drinking with my sworn enemy. You're just like, who the fuck are you? And Sajan's like, I'm not fucking telling you. And Lila's like, you fucking idiot. Like, you've told him everything you need to tell him by showing up here. Like, that you're a sworn enemy and that you brought Holtz back and then you came to me when that didn't work. And he has his name because Lila said it. So <laughs> so Angel's like, hey, why do you want to kill me? And Sajan's like, you'll pay. To which Angel responds, for what? <laughs> then he disappears, goober uh deeply deeply cute hey what do you think of this next scene that takes place in the hyperion lobby when uh wes comes in uh looking to do a little kidnapping well my first note is wes coming to kidnap connor what do you think as if i like wasn't in enough knots in this episode Mm -hmm. this sequence is so tense is so masterfully done. I cannot believe I watched it two times in the same week and I have not dropped dead of uh, of a heart attack. Imagine watching it live. How did you live? <laughs> I barely did not. I lived because there was a six-week break after this episode. Monsters. <laughs> it's like, yes, I was like, well, I wouldn't know what happens next, but also I'm like, I need a break from the show. Oh, yeah, you needed a second to breathe, whereas me, like the gremlin, is like, next episode, next episode. Um, Wes is packing Connor's bag, and then Lauren shows up and is like, what are you doing? And Wes is like, I'm taking Connor. I talked to Angel about it. Like, everything's cool. Yeah, and Wes doesn't even know about the blood thing. Like, that wouldn't have helped um, it would for not. him to know about it. Um, so Connor starts fussing, and Wes sings a little bit to him to soothe him. This is where I do want to ding. This is my one gripe. A lot of people are, like, accidentally singing in front of Lorne this year. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and Wes is the person who it makes least sense to do it. I mean, he is uh, not thinking straight. He is about to do a kidnap, but still. Yes, I I do agree that he's under duress and I will allow it to slide. But I I did, I, I did, I was just like, huh, lots of accidental singing this season. But you sing, as as we know from all of our singing on podcasts, you sing more often than you think you would. And I'm like, look, Wes isn't me. Like, if it was like if he was singing S Club Seven's Viva La Fiesta to this baby, <laughs> then maybe I'd buy it. But instead, he's like, Tululu, and I'm like, what is this? Um, so this moment where 
Lauren reads him and they just look at each other and it's like, okay, what are we going to do about this? Ah! I just, every time I watch this, I'm like, hey, Wesley, maybe don't beat the shit out of Lauren. That's not good. That's, that's bad. Wesley, don't do that. It's like, I'm sorry, but if you're beating up Lauren, you're on the wrong side of history. Now's the time to come clean, Wesley. Very much. And I was like, this whole time, I was like, pick up a phone. Call Cordelia Chase. She has been in this with you long enough that she knows that you are trying to do the right thing. And she knows that Angel, you know, wants them to kill him if, you know, if it comes to that. Like, all of that stuff. That's who you need to talk to. And I think it they handled, like, Charisma being on her honeymoon, like, so well in terms of the plotting, like, where they placed it. Yeah. Um, I was really surprised when you said that that was, like, her honeymoon because it feels like it's so necessary for her to be gone for this to happen, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was really interesting. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all you can watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. So, uh, Wes and Lauren fight, 
and Wes knocks him out. And uh, he grabs Connor and he's going to go. Then Angel shows up. How, how do you imagine it feels to um, be about to kidnap a child and be looking <laughs> its father in the eye? <laughs> Not great, Bob. Like, ah. Uh. See, this is the stuff we can feel so bad for Wesley about because, like, the Fred Gunn stuff, obviously, we we, we took him to task, as, as you may all remember. But here, mm-hmm. I just, I can't be mad at him. I'm just, I'm frustrated with how, how he did not tell anyone he mm-hmm. did this. But, like, uh, I don't know. Can, it stresses me out. You can see where he's coming from. Like, I think they do such a good job at showing you why he feels like there's nothing else to be done. Like, that. I mean... Because it, it isn't there. There aren't a lot of other options. Like, I mean, calling Cordelia, I think, is the one. But I mean, she's not there. Like, what what if she told Angel? Like, then it's not worth telling. Like, and all of that stuff. Like, he is in a very tight spot and it is very tense. And Alexis Denisoff plays it so wonderfully. Like, so does David Boreanaz with, like, the... Like, how he's so relaxed around Wes and, like, so, like, he's truly playing the relationship as it's always been. Whereas, like, Wes is freaking out and is like, yeah, I was going to take, like, Connor for a sleepover so we go to the park across from my place. And Angel's like, you know what? Like, in light of everything, that's probably a good idea. And then Wes says, want to say goodbye? And Angel holds his son for the last time. When you say it like that, <laughs> thanks a lot, Morgan. Hey, I I did not know how to be. I did not know what to do. Angel is just like cuddling with his son and is like, hey, there's this guy like Sajan. Have you heard of him? Like, can you look him up before you go? Um, and Wes, like, you can just feel the tension. He's like, I have to get out of here. I have to get out of here. Like, when are they going to find the body? Like, uh, this is, you know, this situation is untenable. To make matters even worse, Gunn and Fred come back. Uh, I write in all caps, tense, exclamation point, ticking clock, exclamation point, I want to die. Wes, like, finally makes it out with Connor. And it he has, like, one last moment where he, like, looks over his shoulder at all of them. And he's like, goodbye, I guess. And it's just, like, every, like, those moments are the things that, like, absolutely uh, destroy me when you see someone knowing everything is about to change. What did you think of Gunn being like, don't worry, we'll stay up with you? What do you think I thought of that? Yay! I bet you liked it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wrote so many hearts in my notes. I'm about to have more hearts for Gunn later, actually, in this episode. Hell yes, hell yes. Um, But then we hear... The soft sounds, the dulcet tones of Lorne coming to, but before uh, anything can come of that, Holtz and his goons enter. So Angel's like, hey, Holtz, do you know why Sajan hates me? Holtz yeah, like, I, didn't, I didn't quite get what his deal is, he says. And Holtz is like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> Where's the baby? And Angel's like, uh, he's out. Baby's day out. Baby's day out. <laughs> I wish Connor was out on a fun little baby errand. <laughs> I'm I'm actually going to I'm going to call for the corner myself. I've I've cuz how would you know? How would you know that I have a story about baby's day out? Kristen's corner. Kristen's corner. It's all right, it's and what the fuck it 
it's not a big deal, but it was in the movie theater during Baby's Day Out that I got felt up for the first time by a boy. <gasps> so Latoya, for the for the listeners at home, Latoya's entire face is hidden in her hands. She has probably died. She's not really moving or breathing. Morgan's mouth is agape. Do you know how rare it is to get a reference to Baby's Day Out? <laughs> this is your least favorite Kristen's Corner today. I hate it. This is my most favorite. <laughs> I was oh, so um, unexpected. Did, uh, did this boy have a fun middle school name that we can bleep out? I love hearing the names of people's middle school crushes. His name was... <sighs> He does for the listener. He did have a great fucking name. It's bleeped for privacy, but send me what a fucking name. If you'd like to DM me on Instagram your middle school crushes names, just cream. I I love a good like middle school high school name. Uh, it's great. Anyway, on that note, get the fuck out of my corner. I would love to. <laughs> no, let me stay forever. <laughs> Kristen's Corner. Kristen's Corner. Wow. <laughs> um, I want to uh, briefly highlight Lauren's big fighting move, which is singing a, a high note that like shatters glass when he wakes <laughs> up. I'm obsessed. Um, Fred shoots a guy in the back. Which is also very cool, but I feel like that's a little more traditional as a fighting move than like singing a super high pitch. They're people. (laughs) That is bad, but they are people that are attacking you. You know, that's self-defense, I guess. Poorly. So Holtz runs. Fred is like, I better call Wes, like, you know, to let him know what's going on. And Lauren's like, um... Actually, Wes did this to me. Uh, he's been to Seaholtz twice behind your back, and he's taking the baby, not for the night, but for good. Cut to Wes with the baby in a suitcase. And who comes limping around <laughs> but old, old clompy boots herself, uh, <laughs> Justine. <laughs> She's like, you were right. He doesn't give a shit about me. And he went after the baby. And Wes is just like, like, at first he had a gun on her. And he was like, don't come closer. And then his stupid heart uh, gets in the way. And he can't hear me yelling through the TV, Wes, run. Wes, don't trust that bitch. Yeah. And she's like, I'll kill him for this. Like, what are you going to do? You aren't good. Yeah. Like- you can't you can't tail someone for shit. You, <laughs> he can kick your ass. Like, what are you going to do? Poisonous tea? He would probably know. You're not good at this. With whose arms and legs will you do this, Justine? <laughs> like, um, And Wes is like sweet and wants to help and is like, we got to get you to a hospital. And she's like, yeah, yeah. And then she uh, lunges at him, slits his fucking throat and takes the baby. Um, so Justine slitting Wes's throat is the part that traumatized me uh, as a youth. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that's really scary. I don't, like, people stabbing people in the neck 
slicing things. There's only the reason I've only seen one ER episode, and it's the one where like a psychopath like injects people and like leaves them for dead. As the one episode I've seen, I'm never watching another episode of ER ever again. No, you don't need to. Don't don't. It, there's a lot it, of the slicing. episode. Middle school me. This is what I was doing in middle school when I was going to like nerd things, and we're, mm. we're all watching ER because everyone watches ER. Like I guess I'll watch this one episode. People are getting injected by a psychopath, and it ends with like them gurgling their own blood and dying. Ooh, no, 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 no. Because that's I did not that's... sleep that night. On these shows, like there is a, a lot of quote unquote violence, but it's mostly like punch, kick, chop. Like you don't often see a slice like. Yeah, I mean, you see, you see a gentle palm slicing many a time, uh, but not not this. And this is really, really upsetting. This aired after Seventh Heaven, <laughs> right after Aunt Julie's intervention. <laughs> Can I guess that your hearts for Gun are uh, in this next scene? <laughs> yes, yes, they are. Gun just keeps sticking up for Wes this entire scene. They're still friends, even if Wes doesn't know it. That, like, that is, that, like, that helps. I feel like that softens the blow on the throat slitting, the idea that he still has a friend. Wes isn't answering his phone or his pager. Angel's like, then I gotta find Holtz. Gun really, again, tries to de-escalate things. He's like, maybe you should, like, think about this and, like, what you want. And Angel's like, I'm not going to think about shit and, like, lunges at him. They start fighting. And I want to give Fred some points for really, like, worming her way in between two very strong, very intimidating people and shoving them apart. Like, that was such a... Like that that felt like such a decisive and like bold action on her part that I really like loved. Um, mm-hmm. Good for her. You go, girl. But yeah, she's like, look, there's one thing that matters, and that is finding Connor. And uh, Angel's off, and Fred and Gunn are like, we have to find Wes before Angel does. It's really come to this. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like it one bit. So um, our next scene's like outside Holt's house. Lila and like her whole like crew of Wolfram and Hart hired mercenaries are there, and uh, Holt's hasn't come back to the mansion, and uh, they get word that he's actually downtown. I am curious how Wolfram and Hart heard what was happening. Informants. I. I mean, in the same way they found out Holt's was downtown, I assume they have people like looking for him and like tailing him at a distance and keeping like aware of his movements <laughs> mm-hmm. but um this is when angel kind of like sneaks in one of the humvees and like throws a guy out and so he's also in the in the big chase to find uh mm-hmm. to find holtz then our next scene uh justine in wes's car picks up holtz and uh holtz like looks back at connor in his car seat looks like he's doing okay He's still in his overalls. And he's like, I'm your dad now. And Justine's your mom. I write, ew, <laughs> in all caps. No. Oh, yeah. She's also, she's calling him Daniel all episode. It's like, you guys have no chemistry. Yeah. I'm like, I, I I it's like, no one can put their finger on what this is. <laughs> what is I, their deal? What? is their deal i don't care for it he tells connor 
that his new name is Stephen Franklin Thomas and that they're going to live together in like a ranch in Utah. No, I say. This is when I put my foot down and I say, no, that's not going to happen. Angel's like Humvee cuts them off. We have a little tiny little car chase that ends pretty quick. And we're all suddenly in a big standoff. Holtz has got the baby. Angel's in the middle. And Lila and all her mercenaries are on the other side with a bunch of big old guns. And Lila's like, give me the baby. And Angel says, don't. And I say, it's fuck watch time. <laughs> <laughs> It's Gun. <laughs> he's versus Texas. He loves California. He sticks up for West, even though things have gone bad. It's 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 Gun. Check that tux. Check that bod. Sign me up for the Gun Squad. Did someone say Golden God? I'm all in on the Gun Squad. Game boy playing, Gimbal King. Sign me up for the gun squad Even when he's curmudgeon in I'm all in on the gun squad Bang, bang Little Charles gonna shoot his shot Bang, bang Cracking skulls up and down the block Bang, bang Gotta smile to make the panties drop Bang, bang Gun squad, gun squad I am just, like... Deciding if this is a good time to shoot my Fred shot. Because she just looks so pretty and she's so brave. You know what? Fred, I'm so proud of her. She she was very brave in this app and her hair looked so pretty. And I just want to give her a hug. I'm proud Once of again, her. Once again, our fuck watches are going to fuck. Look, I love that our, that our fuck watches are coming in pairs now. <laughs> So it's interesting that this moment, um, Angel would rather Holtz have the kid than Wolfram and Hart have the kid. And again, that's like bringing up that like he knows Holtz is like a better person than, you know, Lila, which is, you know, (laughs) again, a world's smallest, uh, you know, barrier to jump over. But uh, it's something. Uh, so Lila's like, Holtz, these are fucking automatic weapons we have. I know you don't know what those are, but um, they're going to fuck you up. And Angel's like, yeah, but also you're not shooting, which means you want Connor alive. And uh, we all want Connor alive, right? Like, says Holtz. And then Sajan appears and is like, not me. <laughs> and Lila is like, who, who cares what Sajan wants? He's impotent in this dimension. Uh. Men do not like being called impotent, Lila. Not a eunuch. <laughs> I wish Sajan had said that. Um, so Angel uh, like beats up a, a, a mercenary and grabs a gun and points it right at Lila. Holtz is like, look, let me take the baby. I'll take him. I'll raise him away from you. He won't know who you are, but he'll be safe. And Angel agrees to it. And Holtz is like, I don't know. Maybe it's easier to just kill him because well, how could I ever know that you wouldn't come after me? Maybe it's just better this way. And Angel says no, like please, 
take him. I'm unwell. Mr. Dad. I mean, is there a better choice here, LaToya? Like, do you think there is? Like, I don't know if there is. There's not. No. Every other choice will end in bloodshed, basically. A lot of difficult choices uh, happen in these episodes. Yeah, yeah over but here. But Sajan's like, no, it's very easy. <laughs> oh, Sajan. So he opens this portal to Kortoth, which he calls the darkest of dark worlds. And he's like, basically like, I'll put all of you in there if you don't kill the baby. Because, yeah, he's like really versus this baby now, even though Angel's supposed to be his sworn nemesis. I'm like, that's really embarrassing. Having a baby nemesis, that's humiliating. <laughs> If your nemesis is a baby, you're pathetic. <laughs> I I have no I have no sympathy. I'm not intimidated by you. Good luck fighting your baby. So um, Lila's like, okay, fine, kill the baby. Like I don't give a shit. I don't want to go to hell. And uh, Holtz, for no reason, shoves bitch ass move. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what time did that save? That is very much like Arrested Development. Like, we switched the coolers. It's like, that'll buy you a second. Like, he shoves her and then And she's just shouting Daniel. Oh. Justine is cringe. Um, (laughs) I, 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 Justine is posting cringe on Maine whenever she calls him Daniel. I, I cannot, I will not. Uh, Holtz runs into the portal and Sajan's like, cool, works for me. And Justine runs away. Lila's annoyed. Sajan departs with a have a great summer. And then we're just left with Angel just like on the ground, like whimpering in pain. Yeah. Lila says, let him suffer. How did you go six weeks? Were you just... With Sleepless? the nightmares on a loop of Wes being having his throat slit, so there, there was that. I I didn't want to be reminded of that. I didn't want to see that in the previously, so I was good. Fair enough. You just again, I just want to salute you for getting through that because, good, that would have been a painful hiatus, and that sleep tight, and it absolutely destroyed me. Your soul is aching, as the song would say. The song would and should say that. (laughs) This, like, I gotta say, it was really nice having a happy angel while we had him. Yeah. Wesley's bleeding out in the park right now. Every second is another second Wesley is bleeding out alone in the park, left alone with his own thoughts. (laughs) But still more fun than season six of Buffy. Up top! (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Hit him with the plugs, buddy. All right. You can follow us on um, Twitter and Instagram at AngelOnTopCast. Uh, you can find us on Patreon by going to AngelOnTop.com, uh, where we have a live watch that we did of First Impressions from a while ago that you can catch up with if you'd like. Uh, very fun uh, Cordy and Gun mess around that we had a really fun time talking about. And our uh, movie podcast, uh, Girls on Film, which had a... Uh, down with Love episode, a Legally Blonde episode, and we'll soon have an Anna Karenina episode. Um, and Latoya, where can the people find you? Don't. If you if you want to find me, you can find me uh, at Lorgan Mudich. I retweet Latoya a fair amount. So. 
<laughs> so maybe you can get, get enough of enough of that through there. Maybe you'll find her through that. <laughs> Later, Scoobies. Later, skaters. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.